Check out We Are Calvin football podcast in association with McAvoy's Super Value, Virginia. Real food, real people. Try Super Value's own range in store today. Quality products at one third the price of branded labels. McAvoy Super Value, Virginia. Supporting local. We are Cavan Podcast. Because Cavan's not just a place, it's a people. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another McAvoy Super Value GA podcast on wearecavan.com. I'm Damien Donahue. And on this week's show, we're going to be looking back over Cavan Miner's victory over Fermanagh in Brewster Park on Saturday night with reaction from Cavan manager John Brady. We'll be looking back over the trip to Ballybuffet where Cavan seniors were beaten by Donegal with reaction from Matty, Midlinen and Kean Mackey. And uh, we'll also be congratulating the Cavan Miner ladies. I suppose we'll start off ladies first, Paul. Cavan Miner's picking up um, the Miner A Championship, an absolute convincing win yet again, hammering Monaghan, but hammering every team the whole way through. It's been a phenomenal year for them. Yeah, 43 goals in five Ulster matches. It's incredible. <laughs> there must be a, quite a goal from San, standard there. It looks like Cavan are by far the strongest, and yet the Cavan were beaten at under 16 level. So it just goes to show how, how those those guys have come on. Confidence will be high now after Loretto's success. So uh, absolutely phenomenal brilliant I, I'd say now they'll the fancy their chances of going on and having a good yeah. crack at the All-Ireland yeah they do have a grudge match coming up against Galway of course these girls won the All-Ireland on their 14 but they were beaten by Galway in the semi-final Galway were subsequently thrown out of the competition because they fielded an ineligible player but it's um, it, it, it's going to be a grudge match I'd imagine now they have previous the Loretto girls who there's quite a number involved in the Cavan Miners did beat the Galway champions and Connacht champions in the All Ireland semi final, so they'll fancy their chances, all right. They will, but that was that was Loretto's toughest game. They played presentation from Tume, and I think they beat them two nine to one nine. So, uh, yeah, that'll be a tough, that'll be a tough game one way or the other. You imagine? Yeah, should be commiserations, I suppose, to the Cavan on the sixteens who lost the A final, but again, winning the on the fourteen A final. Losing the under sixteen A final, winning the minor A final shows progress again. Cavan's lady stock just continues to rise. Absolutely, absolutely, and you know, <coughs> you'd imagine it it will come through at senior level, but that'll bring us on to what we're going to talk about later. Doesn't always. Exactly, it doesn't always. We'll stay with the underage though. Cavan Miners Saturday evening in Brewster Park took on um, Fermanagh in in obviously Enniskillen. Really stumbled over the line on this one more than anything. I suppose. Inspired substitution, Fintan O'Reilly coming off the bench, getting a goal that kind of kick-started Cavan back into it. Yeah, I wasn't at the game, Damien, but just going by your report and what I heard about the game, it sounded like Cavan were a wee bit sluggish at times after a good start and kind of took the foot off the gas and um, took that goal at the end from Fintan O'Reilly and his brother scored a goal in the, in the senior championship the following day, so good weekend for the O'Reilly family in terms of hitting the net, but... And he's he's the carbon copy of Kevin. Yes, he really looks like him. Yeah, yeah. Like you see, brothers that look alike. The two lads look like twins, even though there's a few years between them. But if he turns out to be as good a player, he'll be, he'll be a good um, a good prospect as well. I, it's good to see it. Obviously, the miners. It's, as I said before, it's a pity because we're on the winning end of it. It's a pity that that Cavan aren't already into the Ulster final because ordinarily, as we said last week, uh, Derry Monaghan would be gone. Uh, Cavan would have beaten Fermanagh and Cavan would be into the Ulster final and would probably go in as favourites in that one mm. uh, now Monaghan are going to be back we'll Probably, I think they have Down. Monaghan would probably win yeah. that although Down beat them in the league so I don't know where, where Monaghan already qualified for 
the uh, the semi final at that stage or the final, whichever it was. I saw a bit of Monaghan uh, up in Ballyfeil last Sunday now, and um, not world beaters. Not world beaters, no. But they looked like a typical Banty team. Like they're definitely yeah. full of spirit. And uh, I I had the smile of his reaction at the final. It was right in front of where I, where I was sitting, and he he just went absolutely batshit. And <laughs> it, it was great to see it. Like I I said to to Mickey Hannon who was beside me, I said just watch Banty here now at the final whistle. It was kind of Jim Gavin esque. <laughs> Talk about polar opposites. He's the anti Jim Gavin, that's for sure. But it was great. It was great to see it. Like he just went mad. He lifted four or five lads up in the air, and he gave it the big two gun salute up to the up to the crowd. Because at one stage he came onto the field, and the Donegal crowd it was vicious. See, there's a lot of history there, and also the finals and things of Monaghan Donegal the last few years. But it was vicious. The, the vitriol he was getting from the Donegal crowd when he went onto the field. So. He turned around and he looked up to the crowd and he gave up both fists and I was it was mighty stuff. Like it's it's good to see that bit of passion. Yeah, he had them held in the tunnel before they were coming out. I was on the field just wishing the the Cavan contingent that were officiating um over that game the best of luck. But as I was coming off, he held them in the tunnel and they literally were they weren't gonna go up the steps either side, they were gonna go through the, the ground and, and, and come out in the middle of it. They were that hyped up for it. Probably told in the first few minutes with Monaghan, but it was uh, it, it I suppose was the right result for Monaghan in the end that they 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 would have been expected to probably beat Donegal convincingly, but then bringing it back to the Cavan game, Cavan would have been expected to beat Fermanagh convincingly, you know, considering the the result against Derry in the first day. But Michael Veal was a huge loss in the middle of the field. And it meant Ryan O'Reilly had to hold that middle toward a bit more than maybe he wanted to. You know, Ryan O'Reilly's best attributes, I think, are his shooting, but. His 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 uh, shooting was curtailed because of the the work he had to do in the middle toward the field. So it 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 definitely upset the Cavan team a fair bit. Yeah, we're going on Veal's performance the first day. Like he really played a captain's part that the big strong fella and it counts for an awful lot at that age. You know, the bit of physique it's it's absolutely vital. And you know, we saw it in the senior match as well. The, the physique does still make a big difference. Like at the end of the day, it's a simple game. Like and there's the same box and a good big one beats a good little one. And yeah. that that does that does uh, ring true. It definitely does. But I caught up with speaking of a good big one, John Brady after <laughs> the after the full time whistle. Yeah, um, look, we knew coming down here from Manor were a good team. Do you know there were an awful lot of lads um, on the the Derry Gonnell team that won the Ulster minor last year. Seven of them, I think, playing there today. They also had McManus at centre back to plays with some hats and. Like McCrory and St Michael's and the skill and bets and Pats from Cavan and they had six or seven of them lads on that team as well. So look it's coming down you're away from home as well, which is you know, home advantage is, is big at minor level as well. But look at fair play to our lads that dug it out and they end up the goal Finton Finton knew what to do when he got it anyway yeah he definitely did and I suppose that's what you want from your bench to make an impact he, he came in after being dropped from uh, starting from the Derry game made the impact they seemed to ignite Cavan at that point because up to that point in, in the second half you'd have to say Fermanagh were the better team yeah they probably were they missed, probably Fermanagh missed a couple of scores early on in the second half as well but I felt in the first half we were doing silly things probably as well and it's horses for horses we knew Fermanagh were a big physical team at the back you know and maybe Finton might and he might go better when he came in you know late on in the game um, when, the, when the space opened up a bit from which was the case when it happened and 
uh, Fermanagh had to take off their sweeper, so we we really pushed up on them then at that stage. Yeah, look at looking at it was again. We know in in the quarter or in the first round, it was a a test of character. The test of character came again. It was a draw game coming into the last five minutes of it, and and your boys pushed on. Yeah, they pushed the dug it deep, and and lads started making blocks and tackles. You know, um, Tyrion Mad made a great one there and turned over the ball. You know, when uh, Fermanagh were attacking us down the middle, but. I thought some outstanding performances there, especially in the second half. The character, you can't question the character anyway of this team. Though. Definitely, definitely character's not in question. No. You, you, you will have things to work on and, and to improve, though. Semi-final is going to be a cruel stage. Lose at that stage, you're, you're out of it. Win at that stage, you get at least two more games. So it's, it's all or nothing now. Yeah, it's all or nothing. It's, it's, but that's championship football and that's Ulster football. Like, there's no games easy in it. So we have a few weeks now to prepare to get ready for the next one. But we need them few weeks, you know. And a couple of lads in there with niggly injuries as well, which you know may take time to clear up or whatever. And we had injuries coming into today's game, and we chance lads as well. So it's it's um, you know when you're playing every second week, you're gonna you're gonna get knocked. So that's the beauty probably of not being involved in the back door now at this stage that you're in the semi-final and you can sit back and see look what's coming through the back door now to see who you're going to be playing in the semi-final well that's it knowing you I'm sure you'll be you'll be watching every single game in the back door where opportunities are well that's it starting tomorrow in Donegal I'll play Manahan up before our Cavan's match in, in Donegal so yeah, so knowing John Brady, he'll uh, he'll he'll have them working hard for six weeks' time. It's a long long break. They will face, from my understanding, they can't face Tyrone because they're both the winners that came true. And somebody said to me on Sunday in the press box that you can't face a team that you've already played. So therefore, it's only Monaghan and Down the Cavan can play. Now, the person who told me that wasn't one hundred percent sure of the way it is. It whether you could face in a semi-final but definitely in the group games as in this weekend games that are going on down Monaghan Derry and uh, Fermanagh that Monaghan couldn't get Derry because they had played before so okay. I think if if that rule applies then it's it's going to be Cavan Monaghan or down um, in a semi-final and it'll not be easy now. It'll, that'll be a, a tough enough ask either way but He'll have everybody back and he'll have them raring to go. Look, you wouldn't have it any other way. Like It's also the championship. It's knockout football now. And yeah. uh, that's what you want. You want to be playing the best teams. And I think that John Brady's record is, is exceptional in the last few years. You have to hand it to him. Under 16, did very well with, with Cavan. And then Won the, the Jerry Reddy tournament. Yeah, we're beating Dublin in, in those games. And uh, then again with the with the minors last year, only fantastic. One, only lost run. one game in Ulster so far. Yeah, and it even and the under seventeens got to the Ulster final last year. Fair enough, they That's were well beaten by Tyrone, but that was exceptional. Tyrone team went on and won the All Ireland. So John's record has been very good. I think he's done a very good job there. And if you could get on to an Ulster final now, the huge thing with minor football is to make that Ulster final because yeah. it gives you the second crack at it. You go in against a provincial winner, which might be the worst thing that could happen in in minor football because it's so up and down. If you get the Ulster final, you could win it and go in against. Oh a yeah, sorry, yeah, but you're guaranteed to go in against it. So you're guaranteed yeah. to either get a trophy or play a provincial winner. But you could maybe catch them on the hop as Cavan did with the Connacht Champions Galway last year. So um, I I genuinely think Cavan Miners were probably the third best team in the country last year. Yeah, uh, possibly the second best. They were, they were close to it like they definitely I think were a better team than, than Derry and if they hadn't had James Smith put off in, in the Ulster final I think they had to beat in the Derry but they improved as it went on 
and they were a great team to watch like it was a swashbuckling style of football so um, that said you know I've come to I've come to the realisation that what what a team is like to watch doesn't really matter you have to win and <laughs> you only realise that when, when the team that you follow loses what an absolute seamless link into the senior game on, on Sunday up go the big man Eden Waters collects it lobs it in there's a race Steve O'Reilly hooks it magnificent day over the bar the man from Mullahore it's in there by Michael Brennan he gets the goal by Killian Clark he went straight through a year one and what a finish by Kevin O'Reilly knocked it really well done you, you, you expect going out you, you score 115 you hit that elusive 18 point target that that's so difficult to make Jesus you're, you're bound to win aren't you when you score 115 <sighs> you would think that you would think that um I I was thinking back to the analysis uh, on the Sunday game after the league final which was you know I I like Joe Brawley I know you don't like him I I generally quite like Joe Brawley but Brawley and Spillane's analysis was was horrendous and I'm not just bashing pundits because I thought Kavanagh and Whelan's analysis on Sunday night was excellent unbelievable spot on you couldn't argue with anything they said and they did raise every point they made was relevant but after the league final, uh, Brawley and Splan talked about how Cavan are moving away from an ultra defensive style and all this stuff. Rubbish, like we talked about this lazy, before. Just lazy analysis. Lazy and just way off the mark. But Joe Brawley also said that he spoke to Cavan people after the game and they were genu- genuinely delighted with it. Rubbish. Absolute rubbish. And I can tell you what, Cavan scored 4 4 8, was it, that day and lost the game. Nobody was delighted. No. But I'll tell you, Cavan scored 115 on Sunday and lost the game. And there was definitely, definitely nobody happy coming out of Bally Buffet because it was a terrible, insipid, limp, tame performance by Cavan. Was was it on the cards? And not not to not to hammer down on on the, the Cavan boys too much here because I'm sure they're doing their best or or are they doing their best? Maybe that's a question for later on. But defensively we hadn't been that solid we hadn't been great defensively so you know we've we seen that there was gaps created they were exposed in Crow Park in the in the league final for goals realistically Donegal should have had four goals at, at only for two fabulous saves by Raymond Galligan like Paddy McBerty had two goal chances that you would have expected him to score on top of the two that they scored and then Fifth one actually was a, a square ball called, so it could have been five goals conceded. Off very easily after conceding four in the league final, like. Mm. But there's massive defensive problems on that Cavan team. Um, the best full back in the county is playing midfield and not playing well at midfield. That's Killian yeah. Clark. That's the first thing I would rectify if I if I was over that Cavan team would be to, to put your best full back full back. He's not the best midfielder. Um, Why is he playing midfield though? Well, we're short on midfielders. That's it. Isn't That's it? it. But, it's but, it's but Robin but Peter to pay a Paul. At the press night, Damien, you spoke to Park Faulkner and so did I, and he said, look, if I had a choice... I asked him where do you want to play and I said the proviso here is you can't say I'll play anywhere I'm giving a jersey because that's what fellas always say and he said oh look if I had a choice I'd love to be out the field and I asked him about his club for him and he said well he enjoyed getting out the field he was getting forward last week he had a goal chance he's more comfortable out the field <laughs> not to slag him too much but the goal chance I don't know what happened his feet the, the legs just went from and under him but yeah. it was uh, yeah but you're right he, he likes to drive forward and, and but it, but now we did we did both call last year for Killian Clark to get a settled position. He settled them in midfield, but 
it just doesn't look like it's the right position for him. No, when Killian, like Killian's a fabulous footballer, ah, but he's here. not playing well. No, he's not playing well. Like, like I'd say he wouldn't say himself he's playing well. No, I thought he he showed some of his trademark energy in the first half, like especially when he set up the goal and mm-hmm. he, he he made one good mark and made a couple of good breaks. He looked like he, he felt like if I, if I get the ball, I'm going to run at these boys, and a couple of times he did to good effect. But what's Killian? The hallmark of Killian Clark's game. Excellent handling when he was a fullback on the ridge. I remember when Anthony Ford was writing a column for for us back in 2014, and we talked about um, Killian Clark after some of those under 21 games. I think they beat Derry in a semi final, and he was absolutely unbelievable in the Ulster minor final in 2011. Unbelievable performance, like absolute man among boys. Like, and uh, he was at fullback that time. His handling and he was so confident mm-hmm. under the ball and his presence. But when he came into senior level, it, I always thought it was, it was his energy. He was absolutely effervescent. You know, he had the red boots and he was up and down the wing, and he was absolutely extraordinary uh, fine for Cavan around that time. And I think that energy has gone out of his game a little bit at the minute. Like he and I'll say I, I didn't think Cavan worked hard enough. And like I, I was saying for weeks coming into this game, I talked. To, I have a friend in Donegal, and I was talking to him, and I was saying Cavan are going to lose this game by ten points. And I said it to you as well. Mm. And as it grew closer, maybe it was the heart rule in the head, but I was very impressed with the players at the press night. They were saying the right things, and I genuinely felt Cavan's need was greater. And I kind of based everything on that. And I just felt Cavan will outwork Donegal here. And and on the basis of that, they'll be competitive. And I just thought, you know, we're due a win. Donegal are surely going to lose at some stage in Value of Faith. Why not now? But Cavan didn't outwork Donegal. No one, nobody, I don't think, thought that going into this game that Donegal will be the hungrier team, will work harder, will hit harder. Whatever bit of hitting was done, it definitely wasn't done by a Cavan man. You know, Donegal just just wanted a lot more than Cavan, and it, it it wasn't much more um, of an intense game than the challenge match against Longford in, in Granada a few weeks ago. And that's the sad reality. It was a similar game in intensity, the, the eerie silence. Uh, on the terraces for long spells as well, like you could nearly hear players shouting at each other. It was just, I kind of, it was just such a collapse. Like I was going to use the headline, the annual collapse. We've been beaten in the first round in Ulster seven years out of nine now. Yeah, Do you know what is that? And this is at a time. Bear in mind, we're sitting in twenty eighteen. The the underage run of success started in twenty ten. Cavan football never has had a has had an eight year spell of underage success, success like we have had since 2010 in that time Cavan have been in five Ulster under 21 finals winning four have been in three Ulster minor finals winning one have been in one McCrory Cup final winning it went on to an All-Ireland minor semi-final last year you know another 21 All-Ireland final lost two under 21 All-Ireland semi-finals by a point extraordinary run of success a junior All-Ireland with a very young team as well and here we are in a position where <coughs> where have all the footballers gone mm-hmm. you know where, where are they gone like we have players on the panel, and I would never run down any lad who puts his hand up, and because it's, it's it's a it's a very public position to be in when you're a county player, and there's thousands of people. And if you're not playing well, people criticise you. It takes a bit of moral courage to put yourself up for it. I wouldn't criticise any of those lads that put in the effort, but we're sitting there with players on the match day panel for an Ulster Championship match in Bally Buffet against a Donegal team that's littered with Ulster and All Ireland winners. Fellas that have played. No senior club football, let alone inter-county football. Fellas that have played no inter-county football sitting on the bench, they haven't even played a minute of National League football. And I'm not talking about one. Is it, is it possibly even, and, and just as you were talking there, I was scribbling down and looking through. So there's, there's two issues that I, I, I personally think has to, have to be brought up. Firstly, 
you mentioned there about the tackles, how we didn't put a tackle on. I think Killian Clark put in one big hit on, on a Donegal player. And other than that, I don't think that there was a, a really big tackle. Killian the Gunner had a, a good one where he physically just pushed McBertie out of the way before he he was taken off. And, and that's maybe another issue we have to discuss. But physically, we didn't look strong enough to, to be able to go and, 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 and take the game to Donegal physically we look like we were weak enough and you wonder then Jason McLaughlin is about a county panel five years now four or five years he doesn't look physically developed enough to be a county senior footballer you know you're, you're, you're going up into your forward line then you've you've uh, Enda Flanagan who to me isn't doesn't look that physically strong either um, Kiernan doesn't look that physically strong Bradley lo- doesn't look physically strong Quevin O'Reilly just about looks maybe that he's there now but I, I just I, I question what are we doing with strength and conditioning that is that's developing enough of them or and then you can you can you can nearly answer that question with with the answer being that well a good few of them weren't on development squads weren't actually brought through the system so what are we doing with the boys that were in the system that these lads now, so many of them, that weren't in the development squad system, have come in instead of them? That's the, that's the six million dollar question. Like as I said, where are the players gone to? Like, you know, why has it got to a stage where where we're bringing through? We are we are for our county senior team now. We are now selecting players who are in their mid twenties that didn't play underage with the county. After we produced sixty, seventy, eighty top quality underage players on, on Ulster winning teams and McCrory winning teams and all this like it's three years since the McCrory the McCrory is an under 19 I think competition do you know so how many how many of that McCrory team are featured at the weekend now, now yeah one one what are we right in saying just Ryan Connolly sorry he didn't he wasn't on play. that team he so wasn't none. on that team Donald Monaghan was, was wearing number 20, 27 I think um, he was on the McCrory team I, I can't think of any other fellow off that team. Like thinking back on that team, you're talking about the likes of Luke Fortune, Dara Kennedy, Thomas Callaghan. Yeah, well, Quevin O'Reilly was overage he, as well. Quevin was gone from the school. He played. Him and Connolly played the year before. Yeah, like, like none of those have come through. Like they walked to McCrory. They they won that, but from quarter final to final, they won it by an average of ten points. This this thing of player drop off in Cavan, right? I, I was writing about it for tomorrow. This is why it's kind of on my mind. This has been going on for a couple of years, or a good few years now. People always ask, "Why? Do, how did Monaghan do it?" Monaghan, the great success story, four, fourth smallest county in Ireland, and they're, you know, fourth best team in the country in the national league and winning mm. Ulster titles and all that. How did they do it? One reason: player retention. Monaghan hold on to their players. That's how you do it. If you want to, if you want to success, you get the best players in the county to play. It's, it's not rocket science. And I, I look back, so Cavan. Cavan played Monaghan in an Ulster semi-final in 2013. That's not even five years ago. It's four years and ten months we played that game. We should have won that game. We lost it by a point. Went on to the quarter-final. Monaghan went on and beat the All-Ireland Champions to win Ulster. Since that, since that afternoon where we lost by one point to Monaghan, they have won two Ulster Championships. We've won one Ulster Championship match. That is a sad, t- that is a sad thing. What, what, what has changed yeah. from that? 20 Cavan players played that day uh, against Monaghan there's five of them on the panel now so I'll, re- I'll read you out the team that day Connor Gilston gone Jason McLaughlin's there Rory Dunn gone Killian Clark was there James McEnroe Alan Clark Rona Flanagan Damien Riley David Givney all gone Mackey and Killian Brady are there Fergal Flanagan gone Niall McDermott gone Martin Dunn gone Eugene Keating gone subs that come on Martin Riley um, 
they it's are. still there. Mossy Core gone, retired. Kevin Tierney gone. Jack Brady gone. Now, if you go through the Monaghan team, twelve of that they use twenty players. Twelve of them played in in the National League this year. It's an incredible retention rate. You're talking about Began, Desi Moen, Drew Wiley, Colin Walsh, Vinnie Corey, Neil McAdam, Kieran Duffy. There's your ba- your goalkeeper and your six backs. Middle of the field, Darren Hughes. That's your first your first eight yeah. players. Owen Lennon retired because he had he had been there since since two thousand mm-hmm. won the McKenna Cup medal in two thousand three. He's now a selector. There's continuity there. Gallagher retired again. He's there since two thousand and three. Tommy Freeman retired. Gavin Dugan's still there. Kieran Hughes is still there. Conor McManus is still there. Chrissy McGuinness is gone and he's the only one that Mickey Hannon told me he plays club football in, in Bally Bay and he's the, he's an exception he's a fella that's, that probably should be on the panel and stepped away he got a goal against Cavan that day the fellas that come on Paul Flindy retired Dick Clerkham was there since 99 retired so uh, Dermot Malone come on still in the panel Carol O'Connell come on still in the panel and there was a couple of others unused subs that day that, that are still there as well That that is absolutely astonishing basically the only players they've lost are the fellas who retired if you look at the Cavan, the fifteen Cavan lads that I've just listed that stepped away from that game, uh, how many of them have actually retired? Mossy Core retired, like he's yeah. thirty four, I think. Alan Clark is is over the thirty mark. Rona Flanagan is just thirty. The rest of them should still be there. That's not that long ago, and so we had a bad year in twenty four. We lost those players, so we had to rebuild. Twenty fourteen was was a terrible year. Twenty fifteen, um, back back on the horse a little bit and improved form in. in Division 2 of the National League consolidated lost to Monaghan uh, by a point in Ulster and then a bad loss in the qualifiers but they kind of they had upped it again from 2015 2016 got everyone back and we had a ver- that, the 2016 team was the best Cavan team in, in 10 years in my opinion like they romped through the National League played brilliant football highest scoring team in the country put up 216 against Armagh and look at the team that, that played against Tyrone in, in that, that game We've there, wasn't, we've there wasn't many players you could say were missing that that you'd you'd say would walk onto the team. There, pro- there probably wasn't really there may have been one or two that you'd like to see whether it'd be definite to start or not. But there, there's one or two that might have been not available to the, the panel. Kevin Tierney comes to mind for me in 2016. Yeah, Kevin Tierney was one, but but genuinely, I'd say there wasn't. Like I remember us talking at the time, and we were saying like. Is there any player in the county that shouldn't be on the panel? And we were coming up with Kevin Tierney mm. and the Hessen possibly, who has played no he's played no county football, but it has the ability. Yeah. We couldn't think of anyone else. Mm. Jerry Smith was brought in during that, that thing, and that was he hadn't even been there. He was a lad. If you look through the Cavan team that played, now this is the best Cavan team in, in 10 years, free scoring. They had their strength and conditioning done. It was the fourth year of Terry's reign. Everything was coming together for him. Fair enough, they blew it against Terry in and the qualifiers. And it was the final year of Peter Riley's uh, on the 21 management which was a continuation on from Terry Highlands so it it would have essentially been wasn't it the final year? Well, no it wasn't no, it wasn't. Sorry. 2015, 2015 was, the was the final year um, 2016 I think Niall Lynch was in there but w- when you go through the Cavan team that played that day uh, Ray McGalligan is there Killian Brady is there Rory Dunn James McEnroe Fergal Flanagan are gone Mina Murray are there Cora's gone Clark is there, McVitie, McCarran, and Martin Riley. Givney is gone, Keating is gone, Mackey is there. Subs that come on, Jack Brady gone, Michael Argue gone, Jerry Smith gone. So there's nine. 10 gone. Is that nine? Sorry, well, I was counting nine, but maybe it's 10. Nine or 10. Gone from that team. So, genuinely speaking, I went through the panel um, there this morning, and I'm like, not, tr- not being hard on anyone, but if you had all the best players in the county available, 
I reckon there's 12 of that panel uh, from Sunday that would make it. But right, and so not to focus on 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 those twelve. And again, I know we've gone on a bit of a tangent away from the game itself, but in Cavan, we're doing something drastically wrong because we're not retaining the players, like you said. And and it's the players that are in the system we're losing. It's the ones who have won the under twenty ones, who have won the minors, who have won McCrory. We're losing those players. So what are we doing wrong? That's not keeping them players. That's that's the big question, and I know that the, there's a meeting on tomorrow night in the Kilmore. Maybe they'll start to answer some of these questions by putting a plan in place. But is is it that simple? We don't have a plan to keep them. I, I don't know. But the first thing that needs to be established is okay. First of all, it's easier if you're a Monaghan player to stay on because you're you're but why? Well, this is what I'm getting to. You're a stronger team. You're winning those some you're a stronger you're team because you stay on. Well, that's the question. But that's the question: Is it a cause or is it a symptom? Yeah. Are Monaghan a stronger team because they keep their players? Yes. Or, or do they keep the players because they're a stronger team? It has to be the first. Yeah, I, like, I, I personally believe even going back before Monaghan's Ulster success and Maliki O'Rourke came in, they retained the vast majority, even on their Banty. Their team wasn't completely different when Maliki O'Rourke came in and won an Ulster title. It, it, I, I, it was the same bunch of players. Correct. What I would do is, I would call on the county board to set up a commission or a committee to look at this because this is threatening to squander a golden age of underage football in Cavan, and they need to they need to give someone, even if it's someone from outside the county, probably better, and give them the job and say for a couple of months, here's a list of thirty lads that featured a bit for Cavan and and aren't featured anymore, and the fellas that came through the under twenty ones, and sit down with them and say. Why are you What's not playing? The What's yeah. the reason? Do you think that do, do you not have really faith? Do you not have faith in the in the setup? Do you feel that there's no possibility of success? Is it work? Is it relationships? Is it uh, a bit of wanderlust? You want to go and travel? You can't blame any fella. These are amateur fellas. It's a massive sacrifice. No one's blaming any fella. But it, before you before you try and address it, you need to, to know what is the reason why these fellas aren't playing ball. Yeah, well, there's no point throwing antibiotics at at, at a at a cold, isn't that what they say? Or you know. Let's find out exactly what it is. I think that's a really, really good, sensible suggestion. Now, I don't, I don't know. Does it has to be somebody outside the county? I think just somebody who has the ability and the time to go and and pencil this down, find out exactly why Jerry Smith isn't there, why Eugene Keaton isn't there, why David Givney isn't there, and so on and so forth. To Martin Dunn, to to so many of the players you just named. Well, if that's not, if that's not done, uh, we and the other thing is, if you do that and you reach out to these fellas, you get a lot of them back. Because fellas have to feel valued. You have to have respect for fellas. Now, now, that's where I feel that the crux of the problem may be. Now, I just, I just don't know. Are we? I seen the the Monaghan miners talking out on Sunday. I seen their warm up. I seen the the amount of people they had around them. The the jerseys, the training tops, the tracksuits as they were all coming in. They looked such a professional outfit, so well-groomed, so well-looked after. I know that for a fact, before Cavan played Monaghan in the league at minor this year, on the Monday, Monaghan had uh, uh, club games within under 17 or minor in their, in their clubs and because it was a bank holiday. The management, Banty, organised that every single player be picked up and brought to the Fiddlers after their club game. They were fed in the Fiddlers and then they all met up out in the Newmore and went into the pool to do a recovery session and into the gym, given some food for the next couple of days, told what to eat, how much water to take in, and off they went home to prepare for the Cavan game on the Wednesday. Now, 
that same scenario isn't happening, Kevin. We're not we're not spending that sort of money or trying to create that sort of environment. Now you tell me that those lads and what you said about Banty along the line, the passion that he's bringing to it. You tell me those lads aren't enjoying playing for Monaghan, that they're not building an affiliation with Monaghan that will last an entire lifetime. That's where I think that the the problem is. We're not valuing the underage. We're not valuing the lads who are, are, are coming in and putting them up on a pedestal and saying, you boys are great. You boys are going to be the best and we're going to treat you like the best to make sure you become the best. Yeah, look at... I, I think you're, you're, you're talking complete sense there. All I would say to that is... You know, someone could turn around and go, "Well, we are on a we are on our best ever run of underage success." So the, maybe the problem isn't with our minors who reached the All Ireland semi final after saying like they're the third best team in the country last year. So whatever was was going on there, it wasn't too bad. But but the problem seems to be after that. That's it's, that's it's the point, though. The, the footballers are there. We're showing that they're they're capable of competing, but they're not staying. So what are we doing wrong that they're not yeah, staying? Why, that's, why that's, why that's, they don't have the affiliation. They don't have this absolute love for it that doesn't matter what goes on in life now some of them do obviously some of them do like the, the likes of Dara McVitie there like I was talking about the St. Pat's presentation the other night and where he basically wouldn't even have a dessert at the end of it because he spoke about the sporting lifestyle that he, he encouraged everybody to keep on and he's a shining example of, of you know this is what he loves doing and he absolutely will, will promote that to the last but that love isn't in enough of the the Cavan players and enough of the entire county. You know, some of them they seem to prefer other options, and I think what we need to do is try to create that bond, that affiliation that they literally all they do is wake up in the morning thinking, "I want to go back to train for Cavan. I want to play for Cavan. I want to do everything I can for Cavan football because that's great fun. I loved it. I loved my time with Cavan." Yeah, well, look, we all know the players, the, the good players that we have in the county. We could all sit down and write a list of the best 30 footballers in Cavan, and there'd be a lot of crossover on everyone's list. Mm. But they haven't come along with Matty McLeanan. Let's be, let's be frank about it. He lost players the first winter. He lost more players this winter. winter and that, now we've reached a point where that was the reason we didn't beat Tony Gall, forget everything that happened on the field. We went up there with a second string team with eight, nine, ten quality players, and then a big drop off. And if you went man for man on the Donegal panel and our panel, we just didn't have the quality. They were sitting at home and they weren't there. Or they were sitting in the stand. So, you know, you mean to tell me, nobody nobody could tell me that if James Horn decided to come in and manage Cavan tomorrow, that we wouldn't have a much better quality of player lining out and giving it all for the cause next year. Mm. I, I do think that that that, that is what it's going to take for these fellas to buy into it. Maybe. Maybe so, maybe so. And I'm not calling for the head of the manager, don't get me wrong. No, because in fairness, and, and we did say this off air, to get promoted out of Division 2 with the current group of players was a massive, massive achievement. Unbelievable. Yeah, incredible and, incredible and achievement. But but I will say that I feel it was a weak Division 2. And I'm not, I'm not just uh, trying to run fellas down. Like It was a weak Division 2, and it, I could be proved wrong, but if we we look back here now in a couple of months on a podcast and, we, and we'll see what the... the um, the teams from Division 2 yeah, have how done, done. So like, there's two of them have played already That's Cavan and Loud Both have been tanked hmm. you know, Can you see Mead, Cork we or Clare Doing much this year? I can't I think Roscommon will do well this year Tipperary possibly hmm. But I think it's a weak Division 2 And next year You're bringing in Armagh from Anna Donegal and Kildare Into that division uh, It's going to we'll be much stronger yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll park it there Because I think we've, we've done a lot on, on 
maybe the symptoms. A couple of talking points from the game that, that continue to come up. One, uh, first and foremost, I suppose, well, firstly, is taking off of Quivian O'Reilly. It seems to have baffled an awful lot of team. I'm not, I'm not into, you know, bash the manager at any point on this, but Quivian seems to be continuously taken off coming into the final 15 minutes of a game when you think we badly need scores you're taking off what I would consider currently our best forward mm, yeah well, without Darren McFeedy he's our best he's our biggest scoring mm. threat I spoke to a journalist in Donegal and he said I texted him about it and he just texted back incredible decision he could not believe it mm. he said the man, the man was skinning, skinning defenders when he got the ball and I'd have to agree with him uh, I don't understand that I thought it was a bad decision I thought we badly needed scores and to take off Kevin, I just the man who would get you a score. Uh, I couldn't understand that. We also we only had four scores from play, and we took three of them off. Now I think Murray had an injury, mm. but um, you know Brian McGee, Brian McGee, Murray, and Kevin O'Reilly and Garage were the only four players to score from play. Ado Cole came on and got a point, but um, yeah, it, it it's something that I think. It needs to be because you could visibly see the frustration in Quivine when he came off. That, well, especially on the TV. After. Well, the whole county's talking about it, Damien. Yeah, everyone and, and, and spoken about the game. It would be remiss of us to, to not highlight this on the podcast. Oh, yeah, it no, is he, shouldn't, he shouldn't have been taken off. No, he shouldn't have been taken off, and it seemed to be preordained because if you could, you know, people could say, "Well, he had an injury coming into the game; they wanted to save and whatever." Fair enough, but you could give the benefit of the doubt if he hadn't been taken off in every game this year. Yeah. You know, there was it was a wrong decision. You were putting on fellas Martin Riley and Darren Feely, two great players, but they weren't fit. They weren't fit, and that was mm. it. The second talking point is uh, the captaincy. People are wondering how Kieran Brady was your vice captain the entire way through the league, performing really, really well after McVie, your your second best player throughout the league without a shadow of a doubt, and then captaincy was taken off him. And given to to Key and Mackey on the day. Now I've nothing against Key and Mackey getting captaincy, but it seemed to affect Kieran Brady's display. I don't think he played as well. No, he like as you say, he he was Cavan's highest score from play in the league, and and him a defender, mm. which was incredible. Like especially considering how well Kevin and McVeigh were playing up at the other end. But um, he he had his worst game of the year on Sunday, yeah. and. I I can't shed any light on it. I don't I don't know why that was what why that decision was made. I have no idea. Um, and you know I thought Mackey played well. I thought Mackey had the beating of his man every time he got the ball. As as did Garoge McCarron and as did mm. the Kevin O'Reilly. So it's not against Mackey, but I, I can't I can't shed no light on that. I, I'm baffled by it. Yeah. Um, speaking of Key and Mackey, Mickey Brennan caught up with him after the game. Joined now by Keane Mackey. Uh, Keane very disappointing result against Donegal today. I'm sure he's came down with uh, greater hopes than the way the game actually finished. Yeah, we came down with um, oh, we, we had good intentions. You know, we felt we were moving well and getting promoted from Division Two to Division One. You know, we thought we were we were in a good ebb. But look, we came up here and we knew it'd be tough to beat them up here. But we we didn't think we play as poorly as we did today. No? Was it like and 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 for all the endeavour, I think maybe that Donegal got their matchups right, but they have a, a very potent forward line, and five of their starting forward line all scored multiple scores, and uh, the, the other player was the wing half forward who dropped back as a, 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 a as a defender. So you know, was it a man to man job today, or, or or how would you have seen that uh, in defence? Um, yeah, well, we we had different matchups as well, and. To be fair, I, th- I thought our matchups did fairly well in the first half. You know, we kept kept Ryan McHugh very quiet, 
kept McBrearty and Murphy very quiet in the first half. Um, number 11 for them done a lot of damage in the first half, so we, ha we had to change things about at half-time, but in the first half we didn't make hay the way we, we should have, you know. We had, we had numerous opportunities to kick scores, give away a soft goal, you know. If right be right, we should have been up at half-time and we were down by four, you know. We, we, we had a good first half, but it was just... Started the second half, we conceded three points and we were seven down straight away, you know, so it was it was a massive uphill task from there. But I just felt the first half, we we didn't do what we should have done in the first half and, and it cost us dearly. Yeah, looking at that first half, like uh, Gall playing with the wind, they only had two wides. Cavan had seven wides in the first half. And in the second half, when Cavan did have the wind behind their back, they had eight wides. And maybe that could be a telling story as well from today. Yeah, possibly, yeah. Like we had... We had numerous chances to kick scores and miss them as well and, and, and different opportunities for goals, you know. Faulkner just wrong man in the wrong position, could have, could have got a goal as well, you know, and just unlucky, that could have changed the whole thing. But look, we're not going to dwell on it too much. We're going to we lick our wounds back down the road and, and we'll see how we get on now in the qualifiers. Yeah, the quest for the anglo Celt is over for another year, but as you said, you have the qualifiers and I suppose looking at the qualifiers, the, the aim from the qualifiers would be to try and get close or get into that Super 8. Ah, the big aim now is the Super 8, yeah, without a doubt. The, fir the first aim was trying to get to an Ulster final and, and win an Ulster final. That's, that's out the window now, so we just have to look and, and build and try and get into the Super 8s and, and hopefully getting to the Super 8s will uh, help us for next year in the league and, and build from there. And, and looking at it as well today, before the game, missing two massive uh, players for, for, for the team as well in Martin Riley and of course the captain Darren McVitie. Would that have been a huge uh, 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 disadvantage going into that game as well? Oh yeah, when you're missing the like of Marty and, and Dara, you're obviously going to be in a massive disadvantage but we, we do have quality players to come in for them, you know, like young Bradley and and Keeving there inside caused loads and loads of trouble as well. So, look, at, we, we knew coming in from a good few weeks out that we weren't going to have them boys, so it wasn't a, a massive a massive problem for us. But obviously, we, we prefer to be playing all our games with Dara and Martin. So, them boys came on and are back now. So, hopefully, it'll be it'll be a big big boost for, for three weeks' time. In, in recent years, I suppose, looking at it, Cavan haven't done well in Championship and haven't done well in the qualifiers. I suppose 2013 was the exception. But how is it? Uh, how, how is it? How are this bunch? Of lads going to, I suppose, prepare for, for, for the qualifiers now? Uh, look, as I said, we, we licked the wounds this evening and, and tonight and then we'll be back in the gym probably tomorrow night and, and we, we'll regroup but we can't we can't just think that once the Ulster Championship is over that, that the summer's over, you know, it's that there's no point in training all year for one game, you know, so we're going to have to just put the heads down and hopefully have another run like 2013. Yeah, I suppose looking at it, like if, if you were to go on to an Ulster final, you know, you've got to, you still have to uh, go through an Ulster final to get to the Super 8s, but this way, the back door, you might get some more game time, get get a few players uh, on the field a little bit longer and, you know, that could help you as well going towards a, a Super 8s. Oh yeah, like a good run, like Mayo showed it last year, a good run gets, gets games on both and, and you're flying then coming coming off the back of them so look at if we can get a run of three or four games and get ourselves into the Super 8s we we, we, we never know what'll happen. And then just quickly before we finish, uh, Keen, looking at it as well today, a couple of positives. You know, uh, G Mac, the big man there, he he an outstanding game uh, and kicked six or seven points for Cavan. And you need the big players to step up. Oh, without a doubt. Now G is a quality player and and gets extra attention. You know, I don't think people realise the attention he gets. If he was if he was marked like everyone else normally, he'd be kicking six, seven, eight points a game. You know, he gets he gets extra attention because he's that good. So today. 
Donegal didn't really have an answer for him and, and some of us should have rode in a wee bit better and, and gave him a hand, you know, but look, at the, it is what it is and, and the next day, hopefully, it'll be a few more boys will be kicking points like G. And a word for Ray Galligan and goals, you know, another really good performance, a lot of good saves as well there today, especially for McBrearty in the first half. Oh yeah, Ray, since he's gone in there, like he, he, he was in for his kickouts and people said that his shot stopping wasn't great and he just proved everybody wrong today and, and over, the la- over the league this year he had a few outstanding stops so Ray's turned into a, a quality goalkeeper And Juan, while we're on the post-match interviews I cut up with the Cavan manager Matty Midlinen uh, I'd be disappointed I suppose the reality of the thing is we conceded 220 and at this level of football you can't do that there we hit some good scores ourselves but the cold reality is when we were in the ascendancy when we were in charge we didn't punish them at every opportunity and that has come back to haunt us today yeah, we're just looking there, roughly 15 missed opportunities, whereas on the opposite end, I think Donegal only had five missed opportunities, two of them goal chances in the entire game. Yeah, we, we, they got, we, the boys got into great positions, uh, I'd be disappointed, it's a perfect day to play football, so realistically there's no excuse, that's just down to execution. In fairness to them, listen, they, they've tramped really hard to this point, they've put in a serious, serious effort, and it was always going to be a test of character as to what happens now, what happens with the rest of the season, and what happens to this Cavan football team. Are we content with our lot or is there still another championship that we've got to try and go at or the All-Ireland series and let's see what the, the, the hat throws up and let's, let's get at it and let's not give up. I think that's ultimately the huge challenge to these group of footballers is have, have you done enough for this year? Or is there more in you and you want to get another go at it? Yeah, I suppose for the last few years following Cavan, there, there has been just that constant disappointment in the back door. Bar in 2013, it seems that we never seem to achieve what we're capable of in the back door. How's it going to... You have to change nearly a mindset to, to make that happen. Well, I would hope the person that we have in charge of this football team is going to have a huge influence because it's going to have to come from him. And that's not me. That's Darren McVitie. Ultimately, he's the captain of this football team. He has put some effort to be back for the last 15 minutes of this football match today. Mm -hmm. And I know that's why we picked him as a leader. He has developed unbelievably this year. And the challenge to Dara is to sit down with the rest of the players and say, are we content with our lot or are we going to go at it and see where it takes us and see who we're going to play? Listen, if it is Trone or Monaghan or some of these teams, Mayo or Galway possibly, listen, what are you going to do? Are you going to pack your bags with someone and say, that's enough? Or are you going to have a go at this here? And that's the huge challenge to everybody to sit down and make a decision as to are we giving up or are we going to dig in and really put an effort into the rest of the year. When you look at it, you always talk about maybe the learning and the development of it. How important would a run in the back door be for the development of this team? Well, realistically, if, if we go out, if we decide to not put an effort in over the next three, four weeks to this next, next game, what happens? It's going to be seven months before you face into Division One of the National League. Let's be honest, what's your chance of really planning and preparing for that there? This is the best training and best preparation you're going to get for Division 1 next year and in the All-Ireland Series and you have to stay in it. You know, we're trying to bend reality in terms of what people's aspirations or opinions are of calf and footballers out there. And the thing is, do we accept what the belief is out there that, oh, that's Cavan done for the year, good luck? Or are we going to have a change of mentality and a change of attitude and say, the next day we go out, we're going to up our performance and try and play better. And if we do that there, then we're back in the game and let's see where it takes us. Yeah, just going back to the game briefly, you had said from way early on in the year that you wanted man-to-man markers, lads that are capable of doing the job. Looked like there was a great job being done on Paddy McBearty, on Ryan McHugh, but Donegal's... I suppose superior forward line meant you needed six man-to-man markers and maybe seven or eight coming into midfielders. 
listen, we, I thought that the, the people that we had targeted that, we, that needed careful attention, I thought the boys handled themselves really, really well. At, uh, I'd be disappointed, to be honest with you, that there was two or three guys had to come off the football field because there's no gum shields in. And that disappoints me no end. And that's just a wee attitude thing. Overall, I felt, listen, they put a serious shift in. Uh, the the real, cold reality is our mistakes let us down the day. We can look at it, Donegal played really, really well and took some massive scores, but there was key moments in the game where we were in the ascendancy. We had opportunities. P. Faulkner had a goal chance in the first half. That would have made a big turning point in the game at that particular point. So we need to look hard at those there, and we've got to ask hard questions of ourselves and say, can we learn from this here? Can we go at it again? And that's the huge challenge. Just one last question. The, the goal in the first half, Cavan, where in the ascendancy were leading Ryan McHugh, I seen a replay that suggested to me it looked like he was in the square as he as he got the fist on it. Did you have a better view than me? Uh, well, probably I guess I'd be disappointed. Uh, I expect that situation to be covered. You know, a guy at five foot six, five foot seven, punching the ball to the net from a ball chipped into the square. Listen, cold reality, that's not good enough. I don't care in any way, shape or form, whether it's a goal or whether it wasn't a goal. That shouldn't have happened. You have three, two or three boys in around those goals, and that ball's chipped, chipped in. A Calvin player should be dominating and taking responsibility at there. And that didn't happen. And It was a soft goal to give away at that particular point, and that's the disappointment of it. It wasn't something that was brilliantly worked or anything that got there. That was a soft goal, and at this level of football, you can't concede that. Brady's Arva Limited. Main dealers for Volkswagen cars and commercial vehicles have been serving the needs of the motoring community in Cavan, Longford, Leitrim, Monaghan, Mead and the surrounding counties for over 50 years. A family-owned and family-run business, Brady's are famous for their long association with the GAA. If you're looking for a new or used car or commercial vehicle, check out Brady's Arva Limited. They provide an unrivaled sales and after-sales service and are open six days a week. Brady's Arva Limited. Get on the winning team today. See www.bradysarva.ie for more details. Paul, I know we've run over time here, but we'll uh, just very quickly, a couple of things on it. You know, we we talked during the league about how Cavan were going man for man and how it it, it worked in Division Two with the opposition we were facing the man for man system that that the management wanted Cavan to play it worked but while we went man for man and, and done well in Curtail and McBurty Ryan McHugh even Brennan to a certain extent there's an awful lot of our players didn't go man for man like the amount of space that was afforded to Langan and to Thompson and to Frank Midlin the three half forwards six points came from open play from those three men in fact six from two of them but we were standing off them we were standing on the 45 meter line and, and forder inside it and allowing them to shoot right get away with that once but you can't get away with that six times and then blame management or blame somebody else you've got to step up and mark your players like who who was responsible for those three players yeah good question who knows like Manny Medina did say it comes down to player responsibility like and you know I, I just thought Calvin didn't work hard enough they didn't mm. look like they really I, I watched on, on Air Sport last night um, which was the day after the game uh, there was they showed a repeat of the 2005 All-Ireland I think it was a quarter-final game with Tyrone in Dublin brilliant game of football it was the day that Mulligan scored that brilliant goal oh yeah but from what I watched the day before in Valley of Fame, and what I watched on TV that night I know that was one of the greatest games <coughs> but the intensity it was a different sport the intensity everyone was sprinting at full pace all the time hard hits going in everywhere a fella got the ball a Dublin fella got the ball there was four or five Tyrone lads pouncing on him we never saw that on Sunday all we saw was Cavan lads just floating back into position 
sitting back far too deep, maybe 30, 35 yards out, against a team with, with these ball strikers who can pull over the bar from 45, 50 yards at their ease. Yeah. It was incredibly frustrating to watch. The uh, the other thing that was frustrating for me was watching Carl Lacey's antics um, as the, I think it was Marifernia, running on. Every time Donegal got a score, would run across the middle toward the field or, or in the Donegal forward line, basically blocking off areas that maybe... Uh, Raymond Galligan wanted to kick into it's something that has to be highlighted because if it isn't highlighted it's going to continue to happen um, in, in championship games going forward but it's a, it's a very cynical tactic isn't it really I, I didn't cop that now to be honest with you but uh, you, were t- you were telling me about it um, I miss that now but yeah, it is it is very cynical unbelievable if that was the case mm. like it's definitely um, something, I, I'd li- and the reason, just want to highlight it, that it was happening, and maybe people will look back on the game and see it, or, or Raymond Galligan might give us an insight at some point to his point of view from it, because it was pointed out to me that it would happen before the game by a, a, a journalist up in the press box, and then when it started to happen, you're, you're, you're watching it and watching and watching it, and maybe not every single kickout, but I'd say 90% of Calvin kickouts, especially when the game was in the melting pot. When they got seven, eight points in front, he stopped the runs, but he covered ten or twelve k going over and back that field. You know, <laughs> that's, I think more, it's, that's more than some of the cabin boys covered. Yeah, more than most of them, unfortunately. <laughs> the uh, I suppose really the the only other point that I I really want to bring up, and 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 I have been possibly critical of him on some occasions on the podcast, but I have to say I thought Connor Mine had done well. I thought he forced a lot of good turnovers. I thought he worked hard along with. Grode McCairn and Mackey and Quivian O'Reilly. I, I thought for me they were the four players that that were um, that really worked hard for Cavan personally. I thought I, I thought Faulkner and McLaughlin did okay. Like uh, uh, yeah. myself now, I thought McLaughlin kept Brennan on the wraps reasonably well. Yeah, one point he got a couple of points, points, points maybe, two but points. reasonably reasonably well. I didn't think uh, Conor Miner played that well myself. Now I could see why I could, he did make a couple of great turnovers, mm. but I thought he got turned over himself a couple of times. Once on the on the stand side, which was a bad one, and once and and I know he didn't have any help coming at that stage, mm. but it was kind of pig headed. He kept going with it. He probably could have just torn and laid it off. The other time was over on the on the terror side. <coughs> the goal like was criminal. He was back on the line for a reason. It was to watch out for a flick. And the the ball went through his hands like that. That was bad. I I didn't think I'm not picking out Conor Minor, but I didn't think he played well now. But yeah. I thought Garoge was brilliant. Like yeah, yeah. And and look at again. We'll we'll highlight it very quickly. But that Garoge has come in for criticism in the past about big days that you know he he didn't always produce on the big days. Certain people would say he 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 never really produced on the big days. He answered that question at the weekend without Garoge you were onto a 20 point throbbing there yeah. like he was he was absolutely phenomenal there was a mismatch with him and McMenamin at the start he was Groge had him for pace and, and uh, size but and then he, he cleaned him put McFadden on him and he still, he still cleaned him McFadden had his back to the play and you could see him mouthing and mouthing at mm. Groge and he it, it didn't put Groge off his game Yeah, and right. I, I thought he was very good a huge huge amount of praise for Groge on, on, and, on and Mackie, I thought Mackie was, was razor sharp as well when he got on the ball he could have gone on a bit more ball but yeah. I thought he used the ball well when he got on it and looked dangerous um, yeah, but the problem was the problem was further back than that. Yeah, well, one other problem, last one. This is definitely the final one. I know it. Look, it's post championship, so people would expect a longer podcast. But and 
it has to be highlighted. At county senior level, no player should be going on the field without a gum shield. For two Cavan players to have to go off the field to get gum shield, one receive a yellow card. And, you know, it, at, at this level, it's just not acceptable. And it's not just on with any referee. Everybody heard about David Goff earlier in the year with Kildare. There's nobody in the country that didn't know that incident had happened. So how could you go onto that field knowing David Goff is refereeing and not have a gum shield? That's that's player responsibility. That's something that the lads have to take on themselves. Yeah, that's just that's beneath even commenting on. Like that's yeah. that, that you may as well come to the to the game enough up about it's like you're gonna get if you're, if you're gonna get point. booked for not wearing a, a gum shield. And you don't well, wear actually, you wouldn't get booked for no football boots. Yeah, true, true. <laughs> it's actually it's worse. It's worse yeah, than nice. than coming with no football boots. That's very careless. It's something that that look at the Cavan lads. We are full of praise for them when 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 they deserve praise. But there's an awful lot of the players will have to take a long hard look at themselves in preparation for the, the qualifiers. Yeah, look at we we can just we'll be there any day. I mean, and hope springs eternal. But um, it was a setback. But before we we. Uh, wind up. I just want to say that there's there's a table quiz on f- this Friday night in the Riverfront Hotel in Virginia. I think it's at nine o'clock, and it's to raise funds for sending uh, juvenile handballers to the World Handball Championships. Oh, so yes. there's a good prizes on the night. There's a coaching session, a two-hour coaching session with Aaron Kiernan. There's a signed jersey from Paul Brady and one from the Cavan Footballers as well. So if anyone is around the Virginia area, get along to that. Yeah, should be good. I see uh, young McChrystal lad. Did I see he's qualified? Yeah, well, you, you've, we're sending about six, I think. You've got Adam McKenna from Mullah, uh, Niall McGee, brother of Brian's, great wee prospect, uh, Matthew Smith and Oliver McChrystal, um, and Oshin Bourne from Kingsford as well. So th- those five are definitely going. So um, good good juvenile crop coming up now. So if anyone could get along and, and uh, come to that quiz, it'd be good to support them. If, if they can't make the quiz, is there any other way... If they get in yeah. contact maybe on Facebook if they want yeah, to. Yeah, get in touch on the Calvin Hamble Facebook page and if they wanted to, to get a ticket for the raffle or whatever, we can sort that out. Yeah, very good. So that brings us to the end of uh, a, a jam-packed McAvoy Super Value GEA podcast. Stay tuned with us next week where we'll be going back to the club uh, scene for uh, a week and looking at the All-County Football League results as we hit the halfway mark in most of the divisions. Kieran Callahan Electrical. Shine a light on your future. Check out www.callahanelectrical.ie or phone 049 43